Welcome to Conspiracy of Light, a podcast about Babylon 5. My name is Woody Harris, and I'm your host, along with your other host, Josue Cardona. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Why are we talking like this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. Yes, we're back. Season two, finally. Finally. Feels like 1996 all over again. I don't. I forgot what year. We. I know we had this conversation in the last episode when the episodes came out. I we, we probably forgot. did, and I don't remember it now. We did. We went. I went deep in into fact, Wikipedia. I think you, you, you called me on something. You're like, "There's no way that's true, Woody." Yep. Yep. It was. It was one of those. Yeah. But now I forgot it all, and the episode's not published yet. Actually, when we're recording this, so. They don't know that. They do now. Because if this is out, then that's out. I know. No. Well, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, for them, but not for me. Okay, fine. <laughs> for those listening, you've already gotten to this point. We're just catching up with you right now. Welcome. All right. So today we are talking about Points of Departure, which is the first episode of season two. Whew, finally. Which is uh, a change. A, a definite change in personnel and uh, just a change in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what? upon my second viewing, I'm okay. just going to jump right in. You know, Absolutely. If you, if you have a problem with this co-host, then, you know, call me out. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to just get, jump right in and say yeah. that there were like there were there were almost no aliens. There was only one alien. Oh yeah, and that was um, Delenn's like right hand. What's his name? Um, uh, you're talking about Lanier? Lanier, right. Lanier yeah. is the only... Um, well, that's not true. No, it's not true. Okay, wait a minute. He's the only one of like Babylon 5's aliens who are there. He's the only regular cast member that's yeah. there, yeah, yeah. A, a, as far as the alien side goes. Yeah. Technically, Delenn appears in a flashback. But yes. other than that... Like, like for, you know, like 20 seconds in a flashback. But other than that, she, she's really not there. So it's like... It was, it was every time there's a human centric episode, mm-hmm. we've called it out because it's like, oh, where's my Jakar? Where's, where's my Londo? Where, yeah. Where's yeah, my Kosh? They were not there for that. <laughs> no Kosh, no Londo, no, no Jakar. Yeah. Not even any Drazi. Yeah. Nobody. Nothing. It, it, that's because this is, this is so, this is so focused on this. It's it, number one, it's focused on the bringing on of a new commander. So that's a pretty big deal. Yep. Uh, John Sheridan uh, comes in and takes the place of of Commander Sinclair mm-hmm. and uh, brings a very different sort of style to him. I, I think, for my part, I was uh, I was really pleased with the kind of warmth and and almost boyish charm of Bruce Boxleitner playing the part of John Sheridan. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like Sinclair. Yeah. Um, but this is a, a different person and it, it feels, it just immediately feels different. He's talking about eating oranges and he's talking about, you know, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. And so it, it's just a very different sort of style of person that he is. Hmm. Um, I, I was trying to think like how, how different is he though? But there is, I mean, again, I've only known him for one episode. That's true. And I, I, I of course know him yeah. in your future. <laughs> <laughs> But th- yeah, there is something about again that whole speech and the superstitiousness and yeah, all of it. Like there is, there is something like he's he definitely seems to be 
smiling on the outside and the inside. Yeah, where, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, where Sinclair, even when he was smiling on the outside, he I don't believe he was, he smiling, was never on smiling on the inside. on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> Sinclair had a lot of uh, a lot of baggage that he was dealing with. A lot of uh, yeah, a lot of internal dialogue that we could see in his face, but you never would get because there's always these mysteries surrounding him. It reminds me of something I heard about um, the captains of the Star Trek series uh-huh. where they were all like classically trained and Shakespeare and stuff like that. So they yeah. all had this particular gravitas and this intensity that allowed them to sell dramatically uh, techno babble. Mm-hmm. Right. It, that was like something that they always thought about. And I think that Sheridan was like along those lines. Right. He was he was a more intense character. And Boxleitner, Sinclair, I mean, uh, Sheridan definitely feels like, yeah, like, I, I like the way you, you framed it. And, and he's like a little bit more upbeat, lighter, yeah. right? Things feel lighter. Yeah, for, yeah. The, for the moment, they feel lighter. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, Ivanova. No, but I, I think he brings a, a totally different sort of feel to the station as a whole. Well, th- th- there's this feeling, there was always this feeling of camaraderie mm-hmm. between... Sinclair and everybody. Yeah. Like like oh we've been friends for a really long time. And and during that time like Ivanova like brightened up. I don't want to say mm-hmm. like she softened like she she like seemed brighter, you know, like she mm-hmm. was happier, she was more um animated as the as the series progressed. And yeah, I mean so far I mean he seems like a good fit. It, I'm I'm very curious what his relationship will be with Garibaldi how Garibaldi will react to the fact that he's been in a coma for a while. And now that he's here, his, his best bud Sinclair is gone. Yeah. Um, like those are, those are things that I'm wondering about. Cause like, Oh yeah. Also Garibaldi wasn't in the episode. <laughs> yeah. No. Did, yeah. They, did, did they not even like do a flashback to the fact that he's in uh intensive care in a coma? They mentioned it and yeah. Ivanova goes and visits him, but yeah, I don't okay. think we even see him. We just see her and the doctor like, you know, at the glass. Oh, right. Yeah. Visiting. That's true. Yeah. But he hasn't woken up yet. No, he has not woken up. And yeah. uh, Also, it's only been eight days since... Right, right. It's only eight days since, since the whole thing happened. Since the last episode, And yeah. so Sinclair is gone in a poof, um, recalled by Earth Force and sent to be an ambassador for Mimbari. On the Mimbari homeworld. On the Mimbari homeworld. Yeah. A very rare situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently Sheridan is called in because he has a history with the Mimbari in that he is the only the only pilot to ever have scored uh, a, a resounding victory over a Mimbari warship. Yeah. So he's called Starkiller for that reason because he's... I mean, it's it's amazing to me. They've got these terrible legends about him. They They have these terrible beliefs about him. No one was really making a dent in the in the situation between Earth and Minbari when the war took place. It was just like they were just being wiped out like flies. Yeah. And this one victory, and so they've decided to like cast him as this demon just for that moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean crazy. the Minbari? The Minbari. Yeah, the Minbari. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So th- this created a kind of a a schism in in Mimbar culture because the Dragati, which is the ship that uh, I guess he, 
I guess it's the ship that he won against, or it's a ship that was in the crew, in the group of the ones that he won against, uh, vowing forever to take their revenge eventually, and uh, leaving Minbari, leaving Minbar culture pretty much behind by saying, you know what, we're not going to be part of this. You know, you guys have stopped the war, but we are not stopping the war. We're just going to step out right now. Yeah, yeah. So you caught why they stopped the war, yes? Uh, yeah, I caught the biggest reveal so far <laughs> in sci-fi history. Right. Bigger bigger than I am your father. <laughs> it, it, it's almost I am your father cubed. <laughs> so, so, uh... So I I love this because for for the whole first season of this podcast and thus the the show, you knew what was happening, and and I had no idea, and so there's always been this mystery about why is Sinclair important and why yeah. was there a ceasefire, and all of that is answered very quickly, in a way in in a way it's almost anticlimactic. <laughs> but in a regarding Sinclair, but then in another sense, it's it's huge. So yeah. now you correct me if I'm wrong. So they are, uh, they're fighting, and Delenn, like on the Great Council, is like, yeah, mm-hmm. we should like take one of these people and like check them out. They check yeah, them out. If we're going like, to destroy their race. We should at least see what they're all about. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm impressed by the fact that we're wiping them out and they still seem to keep fighting. Like they're very resilient. They're very strong. We should study them. And then they take <laughs> yeah. Sinclair just totally randomly. It is this, it is, she's like that one. So the only reason he was chosen was because he had lived long enough to be alive at the moment when, when Delenn looked through a view screen. I was like, Oh yeah, that one, that one seems fine because yeah. people were dying left and right. So they select right. him. They bring him in, and 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 the dis- what they discover is that oh wait a minute, it seems like Membari souls have been reincarnating into Earth humans. What? Yes. Let's double check that. So then, they apparently uh, abduct a whole bunch of other people who are nameless. They don't even matter. <laughs> Sinclair's only claim to fame at this point is the fact that he was the first one that they did this to, because apparently they did it to other people. They confirm this. It explains to them why. Over the last hundred or thousands of years, they two thousand years. How many? Two thousand years over the last two thousand years. Over the last two thousand years, there have been less Minbari, and those of us that remain or are born seem to be lessened somehow. Right? Is is the way that mm-hmm. that Lanier describes it. So the souls, and I love the way that he phrases this. It's like our souls, whole or in part, are being reincarnated into humans so it's like oh so we're actually the same people uh maybe we should stop killing each other (laughs) so that's like a huge revelation it it ties in so beautifully to some of i think some of the best conversations we had last season was about this existence of a soul and was it a soul and now i i can't wait to go back and listen to those episodes and and hear how you reacted to me asking those questions because <laughs> like we literally saw Delenn playing with souls right floating around her and 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 you you kept quiet that was good uh so so they reveal this and then again Sinclair still doesn't seem special other the other than the fact that he was the first one chosen so so far if there's yeah. anything more special about him I don't know but that's a pretty big reveal 
And also the fact that like, we haven't told anybody because it might like collapse our society. So, so we're keeping it hush hush. (laughs) Right. Well, imagine, you know, imagine telling the warrior cast this particular truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're going to fall apart. (laughs) Uh, Would they though? I, I guess. I don't know. The Warrior I, cast, you know, I, I don't know how much we've seen in the Warrior cast in the last year, but they, they tend to be paranoid of other cultures. They're a little xenophobic. Uh, they yeah. believe themselves to be holding the line for the the great, amazing Minbari culture. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very definitely opposed to human beings. For, you know, that's their sworn enemy. For whatever reason, whatever happened to cause this to happen, sworn enemy, yeah. and uh, yeah, things are things are going to get weird if they suddenly know, you know what, <laughs> not your enemy. And yeah. they made a big deal in this episode of talking about the fact that no Membari kills a Membari. Yeah, yeah. Just just imagine if that was true here on Earth. No human kills any human. That would be fantastic. I can't even imagine it. <laughs> no. I can't um, either. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I can see, I can see they do have that kind of caste system set up where it's like two, two factions, right? Within the Membari. So yeah, I can, I can see why it might be a problem, but. I think the religious caste might be willing to just kind of, okay, yeah, we understand that we, we, we see the evidence and we've got it, yeah. but. But like the warrior caste still seems pretty spiritual in a sense, right? So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, They're all very I, spiritual people. It, it's, yeah. it would seem that there's almost like a one one culture religion almost going on. Yeah. I'm assuming. You know, we've kind of talked about the fact that we don't see the side religions of, of various cultures in, yeah. in uh, Babylon 5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They might have achieved world or, or you know, total, total group religious con- continuation yeah. or something. I mean, they obviously all see the Great Council as something worth paying attention to. Maybe maybe this is where the collapse would happen, where some people would believe it and some wouldn't. Because maybe so, yeah. Because I'm assuming that if, like, if there was a uniform perspective, and this was presented and proven, then people would that everybody would be like, oh yeah, they are brothers and sisters. We can't do this. They are Mimbari. All Mimbari are our family. You know, something like that. But yeah. Yeah. You know, it it reminds me, uh, we're recording this, we may be recording for a while in the middle of the coronavirus uh, crisis. And I've heard in the, in the news, people talking about the fact that it's unbelievable that people's behaviors right now are so defined by their, by, by their belief system. It's like yeah. some people, because of their, uh, ideology <laughs> don't believe that the that the illness is like a big deal and are and are acting accordingly right we see yeah. that across yeah. the across the uh, across everything that's happening right now so i can see i can imagine something happening like that right where it's like oh this is a huge thing and if half of your people are like that's a lie and and the other half is like no that's true that that would create quite a divide lots of conflict yeah, and it's really, I mean, if you're looking at the, the parallels between these two things, it, it's really about distrust of distrust of leaders, distrust of experts, yeah. 
Um, so I can yeah. imagine that there yeah. would be uh, maybe a sect of Mimbari that would be, be like, no, that's that can't be true. That sounds like total caca. That's not something we believe. <laughs> total caca. That, that is a truly Mimbari <laughs> word, caca. <laughs> Man. So I mean, so that's that's a huge reveal. That's a huge, yes, very important thing. Um, and the way it's delivered is by Lanier, in a way that's like, hey guys, I gotta tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> you need to know this since we've got this guy on your, you know, this guy Kalain comes. He's coming from the Trigati basically, yeah, and he comes to the station in hopes of. I thought it was in hopes of murdering. Sheridan. Um, I think so. Yeah, but isn't isn't the but doesn't Lanier explain this to explain why Sinclair is gone? Or a little bit. Yeah. Well, he says, yeah. you know, basically, I'm going to explain, you know, why why Sinclair was taken, and also why the war ended. I mean, he's kind of right, gives right. this big diatribe about this is this is this is a key turning point in our story here. And I'm going to reveal it to you because I've been told this is a good idea right now. Suddenly you have a need to know where previously it was a need to know kind of basis. Yeah. What about? And this comes shortly after, I think, shortly after Kalane comes to Lanier's quarters and aims uh, a phaser or blaster, whatever they, a PPG, whatever it is, at Delin, who's in the cocoon in the corner. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And suddenly we see Lanier get really like, ugh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's the protector. He is amazing at that point. Yeah. So, so Lanier, at the end of the episode, while he's putting candles around the cocoon, yes, he basically says to Delenn, I've told them the, the first part. <laughs> yeah. Like I told them a little bit. Uh, I was like, oh, so there's there's more mystery. And then connected to that, during the intro, the voiceover by Sheridan, which used to be done by Sinclair, now done yes. by Sheridan, he he mentions like, you know, this is the story of the last Babylon station. And he's like, and like the eve of the Great War. I was like, the Great War, right? And I don't remember them mentioning that in the first season. Did they? Was that part of the... The voiceover intro. In I the, do not believe so. I don't think so, right? No. And and so I don't. The point is that they mention. Oh, it, I think it's Lanier, right? Who mentions like I I told them the first part. Uh, they still don't know like about the the big the big bad. I forgot what <laughs> what words he used. And then and so we we we've seen like this other faction appear right they look like shadows and stuff like i'm assuming that that has always been a big mystery so i'm assuming that lanier is talking about that i'm assuming you don't have to answer the question but i'm I'm, you know the great war there's there's other people coming the mambari and the earthlings are probably you know well they're definitely allied right and and right as far as since the war was uh finished now we have a better idea why and and what that might look like in the future. Like I'm assuming they'll fight together. I think that's what Lanier says, right? Like I've told them enough to make sure that we're, you know, like we're on the same side. Yeah. Against our new common enemy, right? Like 
blah, 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 something like that. I don't yeah, remember. He, the words. You can tell you there's still a lot of mystery that he is holding back. Mm-hmm. And, and we're only, we're just yep. lucky enough to be there while he's talking to Delenn. <laughs> Glad they put that camera there, man. Ooh, that was good <laughs> Yeah, timing. thank God, because otherwise we would have no idea what's going on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Uh, so the, the episode also, you know, that, 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 that reveal is a big part of it. The episode also does a lot to establish the kind of person that John Sheridan is. And this shows up in almost like his, his military prowess in a sense, because the Trigati comes out of, out of a hyperspace where it's been sitting, just waiting and comes to Babylon five gun ports open. Uh, and against like, like, Sheridan's basically holding the line, so to speak, but not doing anything to provoke. And everybody around him is freaking out because yeah. they're like, why, why are we letting them? What are we, what are we doing? They send star furies out to, to meet the, the, uh, fighters from the Trigati mm-hmm. and they're given a no fire order. Until somebody does something to them, they're given a no-fire order. Yep. And so in the midst of all that, Sheridan's mind working like some kind of amazing machine is like, <laughs> they can track them. They weren't able to track them before. Yeah, yeah. And so he really he, he puts it all together and, you know, this whole idea of all that remains is death and honor, which is something that they say when they're talking about what's going to happen Um it becomes this it becomes this realization that they want to start not, a fight they're not there to start a fight they yeah. want us to start a fight yep yep and as a result of not starting a fight he basically calls their bluff yep and calls their mom and calls their mom <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. send a wide beam transmission through the jump gate. <laughs> yep. Again, like it, all of the pieces were there, right? Like when you rewatch the episode, you remember, oh, at the beginning, Sheridan was given all of this information. He put it together. He realized what was happening. And you're right. Like we learned he's really smart, a tactician, good with strategy. He understands the politics of what's happening. And now he has more information than anyone has ever had. <laughs> Except yeah. probably Sinclair has more information now because I'm, I'm assuming Sinclair has been briefed. On, probably, on I would think stuff. so. You know, if they're going to take him off and yeah, I mean, you're being recalled from the station that you've been running to go and live on a place that you have no idea, you have no reason to believe that this is a good idea. I know. I mean, and there's so much, uh, there's so many interesting things about Sinclair's story that we saw glimpses of before. Because yeah. now we know what the gap in his mind was. We know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have all this other context. But we saw future Sinclair time travel with like future Delenn. And like there's all these things that, you know, that right now are still just mysteries. But I don't know. It's it's so cool. Like the fact that he that he disappeared and is off the show is um, I think we, I don't remember how much of this we touched on the last episode, but for health reasons, he left, he left the show. Yeah. And, yeah. But like story wise, it's, it's a cool idea. You know, it's like, it adds, I don't know. I don't know. It adds more to the mystery and it's a, 
it's like, I don't know, it's so unexpected and it's a very strange way to, because, because he's a character that now looms over the story in part because of that time travel episode, right? But in right. part because of where he is and what he's doing, but he's not there anymore. So it's, it's, it's that's interesting. It's like you can't forget Sinclair now. He's still alive. You didn't just kill him off. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think that the show was not written with Bruce Boxnightler in, in mind coming into the second season. I don't think so either. So there's yeah. probably like a turn on a dime moment for Straczynski and his writing team mm-hmm. to say, oh, okay, we got to go and do a different thing here. No. Um, although, you know, I, I would have to do some research and, and check into uh, maybe his journals or something to try to figure out whether or not there really was a plan for a new captain to come on. I mean, obviously, Straczynski has no problem with just replacing somebody if they need to be replaced. Look at Takashima. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, look yeah. at uh, Lita Alexander. Uh, Lita Alexander. Who's Lita Alexander? She was the first. Uh, oh, the Psychor. Psychor right. member that we met. We but that met was in the, in the in the pilot, though, right? In the pilot, just yes. like Takashima was the old Ivanova. She was, yeah, the old Ivanova. <laughs> yes. Ivanova's that, the new That's Takashima. how they referred to her in her Playboy spread. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but so, but yeah, like, we, we, I like. I get from like a pilot to the regular series that kind of things happen, yeah, season that's to true. season two. But yeah, but that's yeah, a good point. Yeah, because we did like, change the doctor also. Yeah, yeah, but but it's a good point that if Sinclair's story, Sinclair's story may have always led to him becoming an ambassador for for the Mimbari, and always wanted like he was never going to be captain season two. Maybe right? I don't think that's true, but that could have like he could have still been on the show and just not been captain. That would have been that would have been even more interesting. That would have been, you know, even more different. And and I don't know. I th- I think that would have been really interesting. But for now, even though we know he left the show, he's his character still looms. Like the actor left the show, but the the character still yeah. looms. Yeah. Yeah. So the character is still part of the the trajectory, obviously, because we've seen the time travel. Yeah. yeah. Episode. Yep. Um. Like, like we know so he, where he is. It's not like he disappeared, right? <laughs> right. He's he's somewhere on Minbar. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe may on a beach. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Um. One additional piece, because we didn't see other characters really. We did get to see Ivanova some, mm-hmm. and it turns out that Ivanova served under Sheridan prior to this, mm-hmm. and they yeah. seem to already have an ongoing rapport because he was a previous commander of hers. Yep. I love that moment where he says, "You know, you've never been, you've never been one to bandy words about with me. You can be straight with me, obviously. So, what's on your mind? Yeah, I don't, I don't expect you to change your tone now. I love that moment because it just it gives you that immediate feel that there is something here between the two of them that that can be kind of you can hang your hat on. It's because yeah. we're losing really primary relationships here, so you got to yeah. bring something in that's going to keep us connected." So this replaces Ivanova is now our eyes, you know. Yeah, and this replaces the Garibaldi Sinclair relationship in a way. Yeah, dynamic anyway. Yeah, I mean Garibaldi's down. We're not really seeing much from the Doctor right now, and um, so yeah, Ivanova is the. If there was a character on the show that represents us as watchers at this moment, I think it's probably Ivanova. Yeah. 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 So allowing her to connect with someone immediately as they come on board makes it 
it just feels a lot more meaningful. Like it just it connects me. Yeah. I'm also like I'm so excited that Bruce Bach, uh, Boxleitner is on the show. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. like it's like a big nerdy thing, right? It's like, oh, yeah. Tron is here. Uh-huh, Tron is here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because I always thought that I, I always thought that he was the captain. I didn't know that there was someone before him. So when we started watching oh. the show, I was like, "Where's Tron?" <laughs> and it, it wasn't like I tried not to look, you know forward too much but then then i realized like oh okay it's he's he comes on later you know what's sad is there's probably a lot of roles he's played and i i really only know tron and sheridan (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure that somewhere between 1980 something and 90 something there was something that bruce boxleiter was doing (laughs) i'm sure of that too yeah yeah i feel like i need to look that up and find out (laughs) i did once it's true (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember anything but but Tron and and Babylon Five. Now remind me because I'm I'm losing some piece here in my memory. I'm losing some piece. I, I have a hole you. in my I mind. What's up for one spot? Yeah, someone a Mimbari died on the station. Yes, it was the captain of the Trigati. He killed himself. That's right. That's with right. like with like he took his tooth out and it had like this blue goo yes. inside it. Kalane did that. He yep. killed himself in order to try to create a situation in which to bring the Mimbari in and force the earth into another battle with the Mimbari. Yep. Yep. That was the goal. Yep. Yep. Which like he discovered right when the skirmish was happening, right? It was like, oh, this is this is exactly what they're doing. Like, oh, they were like, oh, it looks like a suicide. So it's like, obviously. Duh. Like this confirms my theory. <laughs> yeah. They're just trying to set us up. Didn't work. No. Sheridan's I kind of love that ending piece from the Mimbari where he's talking to Sheridan and Sheridan's like, thanks so much. We needed the help. We appreciate it. And he's like, you may think this is some kind of military tactic or strategy that you've used that, and you may be feeling really good about this, but for us, this is a really dark day. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he just takes off. But I, I love that because it's it's such a it says so much about who the Mimbari are. Yeah, yeah. We care about our people, even if they're people that we have outcast from our society. Yeah, or plus, that have chosen to be outcasts ultimately. Yeah, and plus, like you said, they um, Mimbari don't kill Mimbari, right? But a lot of people died. Like a lot of Mimbari killed themselves, and for a cause, right? For mm-hmm. a, they've. Yeah, I mean, they, I, mean I mean, they were Glenn's a rogue element for a long martyr. time. And he did, ultimately. I mean, we don't know what, what the outcome is, obviously. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we wait to see the impact of this martyrdom. Yeah, yeah. That may be the thing that just breaks the factions, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, we'll see what happens. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to, to keep watching. It was, yeah. oh, I was... I was so looking forward to Tron. <laughs> and and now like but it's so bittersweet because after a season with Sinclair, like I like Sinclair. I want yeah. Sinclair back. Yeah. You know, but um but again, but I'm like this is one of the one of the only things that I really knew about the show was that that the captain changed. So so now 
there's really nothing that I'm waiting for. Oh, okay. Like, like again, it's like there were even a few episodes back where I was like, oh, I think I think he comes up in this episode based on the <laughs> on the on the like little picture on the episode. But now I have no idea. I don't know anything that's going on. I think from like some of the the what's it called from some of the cover art. Yeah. I think I know of one other character who leaves and gets replaced, but other than, but it's not like, I, I don't know. I don't know the, the actors, so it's not something that I'm constantly thinking about in the way I was about uh, the captain. So, yeah. but again, but again, everything, everything's been, there's a lot of stuff that was set up in season one. I can't wait to see Jakar and Londo come back. Um, you know, see what the Len has to say. Like, I'm, I'm very curious about all the stuff that's, that's happening now. And, and I've read online people talk about how like first season's okay. Like it really gets good starting the second season. And I'm like, Oh, the first season was so good. I'm so excited. I love it. I love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think most of us who have watched the, the entire series would say that once you get into second season, you're really getting into some meat really quickly. First yes. season really set up the world and it set up some mystery yes. so that there's enough there. I mean, you've got some resolution now, but yeah. now you have all kinds of new questions that you're asking about about Babylon 5 and about the world. Yeah. And so I, I think that, that there's always going to be sort of this gap in your knowledge as you move forward. You're just constantly trying to, I don't know, I just had this realization that maybe the hole in, in uh, Sinclair's mind is, is the hole that's in our mind in the entire series. It's true. It's true. We are Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Wait, are wow. we Sinclair or are we Ivanova? I can't decide. We're Sinclair. <laughs> we, I think we were Sinclair, and I think now we, we're Ivanova until we feel maybe connected to to Sheridan. I don't know. I don't. We'll yeah, to... yeah. I don't. I don't know. I I can see why you said that. Like she's our point of view. Yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure okay. of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not like trying to pick a fight i'm just i'm just no, thinking to be fair that. it's it's not something i put a lot of deep thought into it's a very surface sort of thing that just bubbled up and i'm like yeah you know what yeah if the audience was gonna align with anybody in this episode it would have been ivanova because the rest yeah. of them we didn't really know that well you know it's like when you talk about doctor who and the companion's purpose is like oh so you can have somebody you know for the doctor to explain stuff to and you know be the human perspective <laughs> yeah when you're traveling like that's like really obvious but i can't think of anybody on babylon 5 that that felt that way to me you know like i felt like it was very much an ensemble and you were jumping from place to place and i, I didn't feel there was one perspective so like everybody's in the loop you know yeah. <laughs> yeah i could be way off here but would you call that person an apologist is that kind of what that that word fits an apologist no yeah no someone who's there to sort of create explanation for everything else that's going on yeah i don't th i think there is i don't know a if i'm using it. the word right <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think there are English majors everywhere. Like that stupid guy. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would almost edit that out. I think you offended a couple of people. I don't know. Yeah, oh, the I would apologist in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for uh... apologize for picking on apologists. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the word, but but I think there is a word for that, where you know there is that one character that serves as our eyes and ears basically like our experiences through that person's perspective. I don't I don't feel that Babylon has that. Maybe not. I maybe I may be wrong, but uh, I I've never felt 
I mean, actually, we're all really cosh. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was our perspective. I love there was a comment. I love uh, Sheridan's like very quick summary of (laughs) Babylon 5, right? (laughs) That he got and he gave. Someone said, like, I think it was Ivanova who like, gave him a quick recap, right? It was like, oh, this happened, that happened, and we still have no idea what Kasha looks like. <laughs> and he says, interesting place you've got here. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. Wait till he meets Londo and Jakar. That Actually, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to the dynamics between Sheridan and all those characters because – Sinclair held his own, you know, with that intensity and, yeah. and, you know, Tron has his own uh, type of intensity, but he's, he still seems like, I don't know, like more friendly. Like he might, like I could see him giving Sin like giving Jakar a hug <laughs> and Jakar being like, what is, what just happened? <laughs> you know, like what is going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just like a hippie with a gun. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. That's all I got. I'm done. Well, excellent. I, I'm I'm excited to uh, move forward with this, and and we will see uh, the second episode of season two, which I, I feel like I'm just gonna look real quick and try to find. I should have known the answer to this. Dead air. Dead, dead air. air. <laughs> dead air. Dead air. Dead air. That's season five. I'm looking it up oh, too. I'm trying to beat two. you to it, but I'm not doing well. This is what people do. They, we, we, uh, okay. Second episode, Revelations. Is that Revelations is the next yes. one? Yes. That's a good name. That's what that's I, that's what name I want to hear. For... <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, but I had to, oh, man. Don't make me look at the at the little pictures and the descriptions. Don't Can look I... at the little pictures. That's bad. <laughs> There's also a word for the, for the little pictures. It's not apologists. I forgot what it is. Um, <laughs> Teasers? No, 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 no. Thumbnails. Ah, oh, that's what it thumbnails. is. Thumbnails. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's little pictures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Little itty bitty pictures. I thought you were talking about like the the like a name for what they do, which is you know totally tease you. You know what? I'm completely digressing now. One thing I really hate about television shows, movies that are are held onto by by some know it all executive at at the company, okay. they'll do this thing. Like you're watching, let's say it's a made-for-TV movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then you take a, a commercial break. But just before the commercial break, they show you just a few quick scenes of what's to come. <laughs> I cannot stand that. Have you? That is like the, the most pandering. Yeah. Like, like we're not, we don't have you with the story already, so we're going to try to tease the story coming up. <sighs> don't do that. So, so there's been a trend in movie trailers that they give you like a five second summary of the trailer before the trailer starts. You've seen this, I'm sure. Give me uh, an example because I don't have this right now. So just just once we're done, go check movie trailers for for like big action flicks. Check out like okay. I don't know, like one of the last Fast and the Furious, for example. Okay, and sure. you'll see that it's like it's like boom, intense music building up, and it's like flash, 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 flash. It's like summarizes the whole commercial. And then it's yeah. and then it's like, and then the actual trailer starts, and I understand why they do that. It, the The reasoning is that people are seeing this like on YouTube, and they can they have five seconds to skip a commercial, and then they want 
that in the first five seconds, instead of it to be a, a green screen or a buildup to the first scene of oh. the trailer, they want people to see like, oh, they that's want to a, grab that's, your attention that looks immediately. good. Grabs yeah. your attention and then you keep going. So I'm assuming that on TV it's the same thing. It's like, hey, like, don't go anywhere. Like, don't forget this is this is coming up. And I don't know. I have I've we did a GT radio episode on spoilers a while back and talked about a study uh, yeah. and how I've I've come around on that. But I'm it, it it is kind of annoying. And and I do really appreciate when a thumbnail and a description is enticing and not uh revelatory so revelatory yeah. revelatory so yeah revelatory so like I, the one that i've seen recently that i love the most that did this was a show called the good place okay and every description it was like the team gets together and talks about an important thing that's perfect that's you know? exactly like, what okay. you need to know <laughs> yep, yep you don't like, want to oh. know anything because that's another that's another show that you really need to see like the the progression of things in order yep. to really yep. get your hooks in. Yep. So you can read every, every you know, they are in synopsis. You know, is it, it is in a synopsis. It's just like, a, hey, you know, they sit around the table and talk about a thing. <laughs> it's like, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know if you grew up with TV Guy, but TV Guy did a good job you of did. this where they'd give you a little quick synopsis. So I would, I, as, a, as a kid, I would be happy to get a hold of the TV Guy because I'd go through and I'd read all the synopsis and anything that sounded good, I'd circle. <laughs> well, and always try to get around to seeing it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, they were very short and they were good at it because they were limited in space, right? Yeah, only certain channels even got the synopses, right? When in the in the timeline, um, and some like had a little bit more space than others, but it's still the same idea with, with like the preview of the preview. It's we're just we're trying to give you enough to actually want make you want to tune in. And yeah. in, in this case now, it's like make you want to stick around because you're already here, but we know, we know that the data says that you are very likely to just tune out if in the first five seconds you don't have an explosion or, you know, woman in like a bikini or, you know, a spaceship or an alien or something. That's so we fascinating. Need to give you now that. I've got to, no. got to pay attention to that first five seconds to get... Because it's true, you know, if I'm watching a YouTube video, my goal is to get to the video. And if I have the possibility of skipping the ad, then I skip the ad. Yeah. It's very rare yeah. that I'm going to like go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll continue to watch this. Yeah. So I need to watch the psychology behind that. Same but, you know, for- trailers, trailers have a formula. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've checked out the 20,000 Hertz podcast, but they did a really good job of going over what the formula for trailers and particularly the sounds that they use in order to create uh, a sense of urgency and a sense of anticipation. Yeah, yeah. I follow a guy uh, called Derek Liu who has a newsletter every week about um, about trailers and like analyzes trailers and stuff. And it's it's you know it's about getting people's attention and summarizing information. I think it's super important for what we do. I mean, yeah. it's one of the reasons why my intros for any podcast that that I'm you know editing, I've cut everything down to like five seconds at the most you know it's like you get a little bit of music there's no 30 seconds of music none of that because if that if that kicks in and you don't know what's coming up it's like uh, that's that's an opportunity for people to zone out so i think about that stuff all the time yeah but i agree it's annoying i haven't thought about too much i figure if if somebody's actually pulled up my podcast they probably want to listen to it (laughs) yes but also like oh it's that the intro this is this is a chance for me to stop 
Yeah. Okay. It's like I didn't give you a chance because I just I just snuck in there before you got to change the channel, you know, or do something else. Ha! Got you. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we went way out. <laughs> this is quite the tangent. Way out of Babylon Five. Uh, yeah. It all plays together though, because we're we're talking about revelations coming up, and so that is a that is related to, and your thumbnails. That, yep. That's related to spoiling, spoiling the forward view. It's all connected. <laughs> Yep. Let's go. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to next time when we talk about Revelations. Yes. And we will see what happens next. Ooh. Ooh. Can't wait. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times I've watched this thing. I'm always excited to see it unfold. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for uh, joining us for our discussion of Babylon 5, Points of Departure, Season 2, Episode 1. And trailers. And trailers. <laughs> and apologists. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Uh, I wanted to say something there at the end. Of we don't have a clever to... outro. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. Be seeing you. <laughs>